morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Um, when uh, Pastor Fred invited me, um, he gave me one word, and the word was expectation. So, honestly, I just have one question. Does anyone in here expect anything? Does anyone in here expect anything? Expect God to do something, expect God to heal something, expect God to transform some kind of situation? I'm expecting great things, and, and I'm excited about the word that God has given me for you all today. For us, actually. It's, it's not just for you, it's for me as well. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Acts, the third chapter. I'm going to get right into Acts, the third chapter. If you're pulling it up on your apps, I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. That's ESV. Acts, the third chapter. It's down in the New Testament. And we'll begin reading at verse 1. I had a fun time reading this story and God speaking to me, so I just want to share my excitement with you all. Is that all right? <laughs> text reads as such it says now peter and john were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer the ninth hour and a man lame from birth was being what carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the what beautiful gate to ask for alms or coins of those entering the temple Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of who? In the name of who? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took them by the right hand and raised, and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Key text. Verse 5, and he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. If I can give a subject for today's message, it would simply be this. What do you expect? Turn to your neighbor and ask them, what do you expect? What do you expect? What do you expect? A few years ago, I read a story, and it was a story about a, a man who worked in a 7-Eleven. And two new people had moved into town, and they didn't have anything in their house yet, so they had to run to the corner store to get a few things for their family. Had to grab some milk, had to grab some bread, and they, they needed some butter, too, for that bread. <laughs> Anyone ever live on bread and butter? <laughs> a bread and butter sandwich is good. <laughs> 
but they had to pick up a few things for their family. And the first one, first guy came in, and the clerk noticed that he was new to this town because this was a smaller town. So he noticed that he was new, and he said, "Welcome to the town, welcome." And I, and the 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 guy he came in, he was like, "Yeah, I'm new. I'm uh, this is my first time in this town. I just moved from another town." And he was uh the the clerk at the the man asked the clerk, "How are the people in this town?" And the clerk responded, "Well, how are the people in the last town you were in?" <laughs> and he said, "Oh, they were they were great, man. I I loved them there. I really had a hard time leaving." And he's like, "Well, you'll expect more of that here." And he went about his way. The next man came in, and he. He and his family, they had just moved down on the other side of town, so he had come to the corner store, and, and he came in, and the clerk noticed that he was new to town, so he asked him, he said, are you new to town? The man said yes, and he said, oh, well, welcome to the town. Let me be the first to welcome you, and, and the man said, oh, thank you for welcoming me. Well, well, how are the people in this town? And the clerk said, well, well how were the people in the town you left? <laughs> and the man said, well, I, I didn't really like them. It, I kind of hated them. They, they were mean, they were nasty, and, and I, I couldn't wait to get out of that town. The man said, uh, the clerk said, I understand. You'll probably find more of that here. And this story just simply illustrates that you're going to get what you expect. You're going to get what you expect. It's true that, that what we get is what we expect. It's, it's worth noticing that our, ex, our expectations and shifting them to a more positive outcome, a more positive outlook. So the question remains, what are you expecting today? Some came expecting to feel better. Some came expecting to hear a good word from the Lord. Some came expecting they would get the answer to their latest problem that's on their table. Some came to expecting good music. Some came expecting to show their face and just leave. <laughs> Some came expecting to sit next, sit next to someone special. Some came expecting the person next to them to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some came expecting a breakthrough. Some came expecting healing. Some came expecting transformation. Some came expecting deliverance. Some came expecting provision for their family. Some came expecting God to be God. But the question remains, what are you expecting today? Expectations are strong beliefs. Somebody say strong beliefs. So strong beliefs. So, so what do you believe? What you believe is usually what you get. And if you believe that men can't be trusted, you'll probably get an untrusted, a non-trustworthy man, right? <laughs> if you believe all men are dogs you'll probably get a dogly man. <laughs> you get what you expect. Somebody say that. You get what you expect. <laughs> Faith is designed to raise your expectations. To raise your expectations. So why don't people believe? Why don't people have faith? Well, I'm glad you all asked. People don't believe because they're afraid of disappointment. What if I believe and it doesn't happen? What if I really put my all into this and really put, put my everything into this and it doesn't work out? 
What would happen if, if I believe and it, it doesn't come to pass? What if I really put my all on God's promises and it doesn't go through? What if? So we live in this tension of, of what if? And we never really access all that God has for us, all that, that, that he wants to bestow on us because we, we live in a place of doubt. Some of us would rather beg with a cup for change, like the man in our story, rather than getting in the way of God and not moving until he blesses us. Some of us just need to stand in the way of God. Stop begging and stand in the way and say, I'm not moving until you bless me. I'm not getting out of this, way, out of this place until you do what you said you are going to do. Stand on the promises and declare, I believe. I believe our beliefs are subject to our routines. Our beliefs are subject to our routines. We've built our beliefs around routines. When Jesus is looking to shatter the norm, stay with me. When I move to a new city, one of the things that I do is I like to drive a different way home every day. I like to have options. I like to, to know that there are different routes. So like if I were to come upon traffic, I know I can swing a quick right here, swing a left there, run by the back of the, the, the plaza and get home. Have options, have different ways to go, have different, different ways to, to get home. And if, if the devil, <laughs> if someone is trying to get you, because you do the same thing over and over and over again, it's easy to take you out. If someone was chasing me and I needed to get home, there was a, there's a few routes as a kid. I knew I could hop over the back fence, run through the condominiums and come around, slide under this fence and get home. If someone was really chasing me, there were some different routes I could take to get home. Because if I knew if someone was on my back, I had to get out of there. And I couldn't go the regular way. I couldn't go the routine way. I had to make a change based on my circumstances. And some of us are just, regardless of the circumstance, we're just so stuck in doing the same routine and wonder why God isn't working. God hasn't moved on our behalf because we're doing the same thing and we have today we have a lot of 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 routine christians what are routine christians predictable christians predictable people who have the same seat enter the parking lot at the same time walk in the same seat <laughs> have the same greeting <laughs> cued when to say hallelujah the right hallelujah amen combination you know the routine Christian have the same prayer request, even the same unspoken prayer request. <laughs> but I submit today that we need some reckless Christians, not routine Christians. We need some reckless Christians. What are reckless Christians? People who do whatever it takes to reach people. People who move by the Spirit and not by emotion are spirit-led and not emotionally driven. 
who move when God speaks. And one of the things I love about the Bible, and when I go back and read the Old Testament, God spoke as if he was right there in the room. Right now we picture God as someone who has to speak from a distance or speak through things. When I read the text in the, text in the Bible, it's like he was right there, like audibly, like as I'm talking to you. He's speaking directly. And we need to get back to the place where we hear God speak so clearly, so audibly, that we understand what he's calling us to do and we can move in an instant. We need some reckless Christians. What made Jesus so dangerous, so reckless, was the fact that religious leaders couldn't predict what he was going to do. They thought that he should be going to temple on, on the Sabbath. They thought that, that he should be going and reading the scriptures on the Sabbath. But he was causing all kind of ruckus, trying to unwind what they thought was right, trying to unwind their routine. We don't need any more routine Christians. We need some reckless Christians. Some who are willing to put it on the line and not follow the pattern. We must break the pattern and declare that when I break the pattern, I am never going to be the same. You're never going to be the same. Crazy thing that if you don't see better, you don't do better. If you can't see up, you'll never reach up. You can't receive anything you're not reaching for, you're not looking for. So right in through here, right in this season, I declare that we need to stretch our faith. Stretch our faith. Stretch outside of our comfort zone. Stretch outside of, of, of the comfort of a relationship. Stretch what we think in our mind. Stretch. Somebody needs to say stretch. 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 So we have our story here, here in Acts, the third chapter. And it tells us that the, the man was lame from birth. Wow. Lame from birth. And he was doing the best he could. He was making the best out of his situation. I mean, the, car, the cards that he's been dealt, he, he was playing them well. But he was lame from his mother's womb. And when all you have ever seen or experienced is lameness, it's very hard to develop an appetite for wholeness. When all you've ever seen is dysfunction, it's hard to develop an appetite for being functional. When all you've ever experienced is a, is, is a broken community or a broken home, it's hard to develop an appetite for something that is whole. So we have this man who's been lame from birth, been broken from birth, and he's never really developed an appetite to be whole. And what this text showed me is that you're attracted to what you're exposed to. And I suspect that this man, this lame man who, who was sitting by the gate, laying by the gate, wasn't the only lame man there. But when you stay down long enough, you can develop a habit out of your handicap. You develop a habit out of your handicap, and then your handicap becomes your habitat. 
Are you with me? You couldn't see, he, he, you couldn't see yourself outside of the projects, so you got comfortable. You couldn't see yourself outside, uh, you couldn't see yourself passing the class in school, so you, so you quit. You dropped out. You couldn't see yourself getting better, so you quit. You gave up. You expected to stay lame. You didn't expect to grow. But I declare that, is there anyone in here that has greater expectations? Who's expecting greater? Who's expecting to grow from where they are now? Who is not satisfied with being lame? Who's not satisfied with being broken? Who is not satisfied being where they are and need and want greater? As we look in our story, the blind man, not the blind man, the lame man, expected some things. And the first thing he expected is that he expected to be carried. He expected to be carried. Text says that he was being carried. And we have people who have built routines around our disability. Daily he did not expect to walk. So he had people who coddled his incapacity. They had people who, who, who built routines around his incapacity. It wasn't enough for him to be crippled. It wasn't for him, enough for him to be, to be bound by his affliction. But he had other people who went through the routine of carrying him around, carrying around his affliction, carrying around his issue, building routines in their lives around his issue. And maybe you have been coddled in your incapacity, allowed to stay captive by people who just let you be crippled. They thought they were helping you, but allowed you to stay crippled in your mess. They thought they were lending a helping hand or, you know, just, just encourage. No, but they were leaving you crippled. The lame man probably didn't know what day it was because he had the same routine. Every day looked the same. Same cycles. Every day he ended up at the same spot. Outside the temple gates. And it made me think of this thing. When you don't have your own two feet, you end up where people put you. When you don't have your own two feet, <laughs> you end up where people put you. So where have people put you? What box have they put you in? How have they ushered you off to the side because you didn't have, you were crippled in an area. You weren't strong enough in an area. But I want to remind you that your mobility is not based on what you have. But it's based on what your father has. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He knows every bird in the mountain. He knows every hair on your head. Even the hair on your toes. He knows every last one of them and he has numbered them all. And God wants to move on your behalf. He wants to move on your behalf today. So the lame man in our story, he had a routine. Wake up, get carried to the temple gate, get dropped off, beg, get carried home, sleep, wake up, get carried, dropped off, beg, 
get carried home, do the same thing over and over and over. He had a routine. It was a cycle. And when your routine looks the same, the lights start to go out. When the routine looks the same, you lose that passion inside. When the routine looks the same, you become unenthusiastic. It becomes mundane. When the routine looks the same, you don't prepare. You go on autopilot because you've just, you've just done it so many times. When the routine looks the same, you're not challenged. That's just when the routine looks the same. So the, man, the, the, the lame man couldn't expect anything because the routine was just the same. And we have a lot of people just going through the motions. Even church folk, we, we, <laughs> we, we, we have people that, that, that are just on autopilot when it comes to worship. Not allowing the Holy Spirit to speak and move and, and guide the worship. Allowing God to really come down and speak and shift some things, shatter some ways of thinking, and really, really tap into what God is doing and not our, our agenda and our program, our routine. God wants to shatter that. So the lame man, he, he, he couldn't get out of that because he expected something simple. So what else did the lame man expect? He expected to be carried. Then he expected to be laid at the gate. Text says that daily they laid him at the gate, and the gate was called beautiful. 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 Laid at the gate that was called beautiful. The lame man laid at the gate called beautiful. Have you ever had an ugly problem in a beautiful place? Have you ever had an ugly problem just a, uh, in a beautiful place? <laughs> See, the man had a beautiful view of the temple, but had an ugly problem. He had a beautiful view of the gates and the, the golden gates, just large gates and he had a beautiful view of all that, but he had a debilitating issue. He had a beautiful view of the temple and all that, all the people going in. He had a beautiful view of all of that. But he had an ugly problem. <laughs> you ever been on, on your dream job? This is the job I always wanted. I, I, I couldn't wait to get started, and, and I'm so excited about being here. And then you find out you have an ugly boss. <laughs> ugly problem in a beautiful place. <laughs> and this is where the lame man is. He has an ugly problem that leaves him just outside the gate. The text says that he was laid at the gate. And what the gate represents is access. Somebody say access. They laid him close to something he couldn't get into. <laughs> they laid him close to something that he couldn't access. Close to something he didn't have the ability to access on his own. 
every day they laid him outside the gate, close to something he didn't have the ability to walk into, close to the vision that God had given them, close to the dream, close to the promise that God had given you, close to the breakthrough, so close. He's right there at the gate, right there, like right there, but doesn't have the ability to access it right there on the edge of the beautiful temple, the beautiful gate, the beautiful vision, the beautiful dream, right there on the edge. So close, but so far. Right there, but so far from the dream. So far from the promise, so far from what God said, and everyone else was going in. He had a front row seat watching everyone else walk in. Everyone else walk into their promise. Everyone else walk into their dream. Everyone else access what God had for them, and he's sitting there stuck in his issue. Watching scores of people enter the beautiful place. So close, but so far. Watching every step they take. Wishing I could only get there. And then what it causes is a frustration. I'm looking around me and everyone else is getting what they what they want. Everyone else is, is going where, where, where God has sent. Everyone else is doing what they've been called to do, and I'm stuck here, which causes you to think, I'm cursed. Maybe I'm not supposed to get there. Maybe I'm not supposed to have it. Maybe I'm not supposed to access it. Maybe I'm in the wrong field. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. Maybe I was never supposed to. And you start to, to inject all these things and think that you're cursed and get frustrated because it's not happening for you. And in the moment, you begin to change your mind about what God said based on what you see and feel. Anytime you don't go in, you start making excuses. And then the excuse becomes your comfort. And excuses comfort incapacity. And the old people you say that misery loves company. Dysfunction loves community. So you start to gather some more lame people and just start throwing your lame stories <laughs> back and forth just to comfort yourself in your incapacity. You start to throw the, the, the lame and the broken stories back at each other just to comfort yourself in, in, in this place of, uh, of immobility. And la the thing about lame people is that they, they, feel, they feel challenged around whole people. They don't really want to get around whole people. Don't want to see whole people too long because then it, it shows them their lameness. <laughs> Lame people feel challenged around whole people. But I came to remind you that, that you're only living what you expect. So what do you expect? Do you expect to stay lame? 
What do you expect? It's can remind you that God is not looking for routine Christians. He's looking for some reckless people, some reckless people to declare that I'm going to go through my gates. Somebody needs to say that. I'm going through my gate. Say that. I'm going through my gate. Declare it. I'm going through my gates. I'm going through my gates. You need to declare it. I don't know how, but I'm going through my gate. I don't know when, but I'm going through my gate. I don't know I don't know a whole lot of things about it, but I'm going through my gate. My expectations are high and I'm going through my gate. I believe God to do it. I'm going through my gate. I don't care when it happens, but I'm going through my gate. Is anybody here declaring that they're going to go through their gates? I'm going through my gates. I'm going to break the routine. I'm going to break it. One of the beautiful things, I, I, can, I love to cook. And I can teach you how to cook. I can teach you how to cook. <laughs> you know, I can, I can season some meat. I can, I can let it marinate. I, can, I, I got a nice little blend of spices, a little secret spice that I use. This is giving the extra little thing. And then when you cook some meat, you know, you can sear it and then let, let it cook down in its own juices. Then cover it up and let, let the juices really fill up. Add some, maybe some chicken stock to add a little bit more flavor and let it cook down a little bit more and become tender. You know what I'm talking about. Some good food. I can teach you how to cook, but I can't teach you how to be hungry. I can teach you how to cook, but I can't make you hungry. Hunger comes from within, and your next blessing is predicated on your own hunger. What God wants to do is predicated on your own hunger for it. Are you hungry? You have to have the courage to want something. You have to have the courage to need something more. You have to have the courage to step out and believe that God is going to do what he said he was going to do, and he's going to come through on his word. You got to have the courage to believe. Some people have that mindset, so since I'm in this prison, I might as well decorate my cell. Get out of that. Get out of that mindset. You were not, not meant to be bound. God came and gave us a permission slip for freedom. He wants us to access things. He wants us to walk through our gates. But we have to have the mind for it. So the lame man expected to be carried. He expected to be laid at the, date, at the gate daily. And the third thing he expected, he expected alms or coins. He expected people to just throw coins at him and help him survive. Pay for the little things along the way. He was expecting to receive something from even Peter and John. That's what the text says there in verse 5. He had a routine. All his routine would allow him to expect was coins. All his routine would allow him to expect was coins. 
all his routine would allow him to expect was just to get through the next minute. All his routine would allow him to expect to just get through the next day. All his routine would allow him to expect is just to get by. And some of us have this, this, this expectation of just, just making it, just getting by, just, 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 just getting through. That's what the coins represent, just, just getting by. Lame all his life, and he, he just wanted to get by. So when he looked at Peter and John and, and saw them, he, he, expected them to do, he expected them to do what everyone else did as they entered the temple, drop some coins. And you know who else was going to the temple? Those religious leaders, those Christians, those routine Christians, because that's what they did all the time. They just went to the synagogue, went to the church. And what would they do? Drop a coin, keep on going. The ones who had, had the knowledge of the power of God had no power to give to the man at the gate. The ones who, who declared that, that Jesus was Lord and that he was coming and, and, and knew the scriptures inside and out could only drop coins and not give power to release this man from his bondage. Daily they walked by in routine. Daily they walked by in just the, the, the rigorous things of just doing what they do with no power. That's what happens when you're a routine Christian. You lose the power to, 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 to free somebody. You lose the power to be reckless. You lose the power to set someone free. But as I looked at the story, this man was lame all his life, but the Bible doesn't say anything else was wrong with him. He could see. He could hear, he could speak, he could grab hold to things. The only thing that was wrong was his ankles. And what it made me realize is that a little thing can hold up everything. A little thing can hold up everything. <laughs> a little problem can hold up everything. A little hang-up can hold up everything. A little misstep can hold up everything. Anyone ever had to fill out some paperwork and forgot one line and they had to reject it and send it back? It's like, you couldn't just write it in for me? Jeez. A little thing can hold up everything. But in order to be made whole, the lame man had to expect something that he had never experienced before. He had to expect something that he had never done before. He had to expect something that he had no prior knowledge of doing. He had to expect something outside of his routine, outside of his norm. He had to express something that was outside of what he was used to doing. And God is getting, to, getting ready to do something that he has never done before. 
He wants to do something in your life that he has never done before. He wants to minister in ways that we have never seen before. He wants to shake up things like he's never shaken things before. God wants to restore bodies like he's, we've never seen it before. God wants to heal like he's never healed people before. God wants to make the lame things in your life live again like we've never seen before. God wants to make the lame things in your life work again. He wants to do things that you have never seen before. So we have a lame man laying by the gate, doing what he normally does, place where he normally is, waiting on coins, <laughs> going through his routine, just looking for means to make it through his day. You have to think differently. A few years ago, I uh, ruptured my Achilles. Painful. Just playing basketball, came down, no contact, and just heard a loud internal pop. Ruptured my Achilles. Painful. And what happened was that I had to, I had to go to the doctor. They had to do surgery. And they put me in a cast, and, and I had to keep my foot elevated week so that the swelling wouldn't go up and had to ice it and then after like the first couple weeks what they did was they removed that first cast that hard cast and put on a softer cast and and the softer cast allowed me to move a little bit more but I still wasn't allowed to put weight on it so I had to stay you know had crutches and I had had a little funny leg <laughs> that I would use and walk around but I couldn't put any weight on it. And then after a few weeks, what they did, I went back to the hospital, saw the doctor, and what they did, they gave me one of those boots, one of those gray boots with the, the cushion inside, real comfortable and cozy. And they had to have a little elevation in the back of it so, I could, so, so they could set my foot just right. And it was difficult to walk in that, but I, I had to get used to it. And I, I started to walk a little bit more. And it was a little bit more mobile. And I was getting my strength back and, you know, a little bit more mobile. And, and they said, you can start physical therapy. So when I started physical therapy, I would do exercises like calf raises and do different stretches to gain back the muscle in my leg. And then, and then after a few weeks, they, they say, hey, Jason, you can take off the boot. I was like, yes, I can just wear it in my normal two shoes because I was tired of wearing one shoe and having a boot on the other shoe. It just didn't look right because I, I was wearing down one shoe and, and just, yeah, I wanted to wear two shoes. Anybody just want to wear two shoes? <laughs> I wanted to wear two shoes. And I, I got to wear two shoes, but I still had to have a little wedge in it just to get the elevation right and not to put too much pressure on it. And then I, I, I started to get stronger. And after a few weeks, I had to go back to the doctor. And they said, oh, you can take it out. You're doing, doing so well. You're riding the bike. You're doing well. Go ahead and you can go back out and play basketball and do all the things you used to do. That was a long seven months. Had to go through a long process of building back up my strength, getting, getting acclimated to walking again, learning how to walk again, learning how to, to balance things we take for granted. Took a long seven months. But when I look at the story, he didn't do any physical therapy. He had to do physical therapy. Because if you haven't walked before, 
you have to learn how to do this stuff. Like, this doesn't come that, like, you had to, like, he had, it has to be in the text. What is it? Verse 6, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That comma after Nazareth must be the physical therapy. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, go to physical therapy, learn how to walk, and be on your way. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, do some leg exercises, build up your strength so that you can rise up and walk again. It has to, because I went through this. I had to learn how to walk again. I had to had to build my strength up again. This doesn't make sense. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they simply say, rise up and walk. And look what verse 7 says. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately. Immediately. His feet and ankles were made strong. Immediately. Immediately. No physical therapy. No leg exercises. He's never done this before. Like, we have to remember, he was lame from birth. He has no context of how to walk because he's been lame his whole life. So he's doing something that he's never done before just at the word of God's servant. So I declare today that if you would just stand where you are, you are about to do things that you have never done before. God's about to break some things in your life and realign some things in your life, and you're going to be able to walk into things that you have never done before. You're going to see things that you have never seen before. You're going to access things that you've never accessed before. Just reach out and stand up. And you're going to do things that you have never done before. Anybody ready to walk through your gate? Anybody ready to walk through your gate? That's why I love the psalmist David. That's why I think he was talking about when he said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. He was talking about that lame man. Because I'm sure that when he got up and began to walk, the text says he got up leaping. And then what? Praising God, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. He went from laying to leaping to praising. Went from laying to leaping to praising. Laying to leaping to praising. Laying to leaping to praising. I need somebody to stand on their feet and just show that they have some strength in their ankles, that God is restoring some things in your life. As a sign that he's restoring some things in your life. Laying to leaping to praising. Laying to leaping to praising. Laying to leaping to praising. God wants to do some things in your life that you have never seen or done before. I'm expecting greater for you. I'm expecting 
greater in your situation. I'm expecting greater in your life. I hear the Lord say greater. Expect greater. Expect more. Expect what he said he was going to do. Don't get comfortable being lame. He wants to give you more. He wants to give you more. Father God, we thank you that you're still a healer, that you're still a mender of broken hearts. You still know how to, to form bones and put them back together. You still know how to create. You still know how to do what you do. So, Father, whatever our situation is, we're putting it in your hands. That job, that relationship, that issue that's, that's been in our life from birth, those things that we told ourselves that we couldn't do, just because we heard someone else say that we couldn't do it. Father, I break that in the name of Jesus. There is power in this room. There is a word in this room. There is some healing in this room. There's transformation in this room. There's some leaders in this room. There's some game changers in this room. There's some reckless Christians in this room. There are some people who want to hear your voice in this room. There are people who are willing to break down walls to touch people in this room. So Father, heal right now. Restore right now. Lift us up so we can leap in your name. Lift us up so we can leap in your name and begin. We'll praise you. We'll praise you forever. We'll praise you forever. We'll lift our hands and worship forever. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're walking again. Thank you, Jesus. We're running again. Thank you, Jesus. We're leaping again. Thank you, Jesus. We're breathing again. Thank you, Jesus. You're touching again. Thank you, Jesus. You're doing it again. Thank you, Jesus. And you're doing things that you have never done before. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Keep praising. You've been healed. Keep worshiping. You've been healed. You've been restored to do things you've never done before. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for, for moving even now 
on the situations. And as they got up, you worked it out. As they stood to their feet, you healed it and you mended it. As they stood, you restored the joy. You restored the happiness. And you allowed them to walk through their gate. So be with us now. As we step out on faith, we step out believing what you said and walk into our promise. Walk into your promise. Thank you, Jesus.